Today is Thanksgiving Sunday, the Sunday that proceeds Thanksgiving Thursday. Liturgically, today is Christ the King Sunday, the last Sunday before Advent. I always like celebrating Thanksgiving Sunday on Christ the King Sunday. It gives us the opportunity to give thanks to God for the kingship of Jesus. On this Thanksgiving Christ the King Sunday, we we fix our eyes on Jesus, our royal resurrected representative, our death-destroying dynast, our cross-conquering king, the one to whom all other kings, queens, princes, and presidents cast down their crowns. On this Thanksgiving Christ the King Sunday, we look to Jesus, the friend of sinners, the companion of the poor, the teacher of 12 ordinary men, the one who taught and healed and befriended the unlovely. On this Thanksgiving Christ the King Sunday, we gaze upon Christ's beauty. We contemplate his power. We behold his glory. We welcome his mercy. We celebrate his undying, unfading, never-ending love. On this Thanksgiving Christ the King Sunday, we take a long, hard look at Jesus. And we ask ourselves, what kind of king do we serve? What kind of king do we serve? To help us get an idea of the kind of king we serve, we're going to turn to our sermon text this morning, one of my absolute favorite passages in all of the Bible, Colossians chapter 1, verses 11 through 20, which you can find on page 200 in the New Testament in your pew Bibles. What kind of a king do we serve? What kind of a king is our allegiance pledged to? What kind of a king holds our hope? Friends, hear the word of the Lord from the book that we love. May you be made strong with all strength that comes from his glorious power, so that you may be filled with all endurance and patience, joyfully giving thanks to the Father who has enabled you to share in the inheritance of the saints in the light. He has rescued us from the power of darkness and transferred us into the kingdom of his beloved Son, in whom there is redemption, the forgiveness of sins. He is the visible image of the invisible God, the firstborn of all creation. In him, all things were created. In heaven and on earth, things visible and invisible, whether thrones or dominions or rulers or powers, all things were created through him and for him. He himself is before all things, and in him all things hold together. He is the head of the body, the church, The beginning. He is the firstborn from the dead, so that he might come to have the first place in everything. In him, all the fullness of God was pleased to dwell. And through him, God was pleased to reconcile to himself all things, whether on earth or in heaven, by making peace through the blood of his cross. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Colossians chapter 1, 11 through 20. 
It's such a good passage. I love it. One of my favorites. What kind of a king do we serve? What kind of a king is our allegiance pledged to? What kind of a king holds our hope? I want to give you three categories, three titles, three responsibilities that Christ our King carries out to perfection. These categories, titles, and responsibilities are fundamental to Paul's understanding of Jesus in this passage and help us on this Thanksgiving, Christ the King Sunday, understand the kind of king to whom we give thanks. Three categories, three titles, three responsibilities that Christ our King carries out to perfection. Creator, sustainer, and redeemer. Creator, sustainer, and redeemer. First, creator, take a look at verse 15. He, Jesus, is the visible image of the invisible God, the firstborn of all creation. In him, all things were created in heaven and on earth, things visible and invisible, whether thrones or dominions or rulers or powers, all things were created through him and for him. All things were created through him and for him. Christ our King is the cosmic creator of the universe. Think about that. I think many of us unknowingly, unwittingly, unintentionally adhere to an early church heresy called modalism. What's modalism, you may be wondering? Modalism affirms that each person of the Trinity is responsible for a different mode of the divine life. So the Father is responsible for the mode of being of creating. The Son's mode of being is redeeming. The Spirit's mode of being is sanctifying. Modalism affirms that each person of the Trinity carries out a different mode of being, that God is not truly one essence. But here, Paul straight up denies and denounces modalism. The Father was not the only one in the beginning creating. The Son, the second member of the Trinity, the one who took on flesh in Jesus Christ and changed the trajectory of the world, was also with the Father in the beginning creating everything. In him, all things, all things were created, whether things visible or invisible, whether thrones or dominions or rulers or powers, all things were created through him, And for him. All things were created through him and for him. The eternal son who took on flesh in Jesus Christ was intimately involved in creating all things. And as creator, he has authority over creation. It's no wonder the storm stopped at his command. It's no wonder the bread and fish multiplied at his request. It's no wonder his feet stayed above the waterline. As creator, he is above all things. As creator, he's before all things. As creator, he's sovereign over every speck of dust and grain of sand. Christ our King is the creator. All things have been created through him. Through him. That's what I've been talking about for the last minute or so. All things have been created through him. And then this line, and for him, and for him. 
All things were created through him and for him. It's astonishing if you really think about it. The entire universe, about two trillion galaxies, tens of trillions of planets, hundreds of trillions of stars, the unmeasurable enormity of the universe was made for Jesus. Every single thing was made for him. Every atom, every neutron, every molecule, every cell, every leaf, every plant, every tree, everything. And every person, think about that, every person, every American, Canadian, Mexican, South African, Liberian, Russian, Ukrainian, every poor person, every rich person, everything, everyone was made for God's only begotten Son. All things were made through Him and for Him. For Him. What does, that, what does that really mean, though? All things were created for him. What does that mean? I think it means quite literally that all of creation needs Jesus. As a, as a baby is born for her father and mother, so all of creation is created for Jesus Christ, the King. It means everything in all of the universe finds its ultimate meaning, purpose, and satisfaction in Jesus Christ. Jesus Christ is the joy of every longing heart. Jesus Christ is the hallelujah, amen of creation's chorus. In Christ, its king and creator, all of creation finds its ultimate meaning, purpose, and satisfaction. All things were created through him and for him. Christ, our king, is the creator Creation was created for the delight of Jesus and to delight in Jesus. Christ our King is creator. He too is sustainer. All things were created through him and for him, yes, but Christ is not just creator. He doesn't just create and then let his creation be. He doesn't just wind the clock and then let it tick while he goes off to the other room to make lunch. Christ our King actively sustains that which he created. He's a creator, yes, but he's also sustainer. Sustainer. Look at, look at verse 17. He himself is above all things, and in him all things hold together. I love that. He himself is above all things, and in him all things hold together. All things hold together in Jesus. Jesus Christ is the cosmic glue that holds the entire universe together. I'm reminded of that old Sunday school song. He has the whole world in his hands. Sing it with me. He's got the whole world in his hands. He's got the whole world in his hands. He's got the whole world in his hands. It's Thanksgiving Sunday. Let's, let's sing a little bit louder, a little bit more boisterous than that. That was like library singing. Come on. Come on. Sing it with me. He's got the whole world in his hands. 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 That was so much better. That was awesome. Jesus Christ has the whole world in his hands. As sustainer, he's the cosmic glue that holds the whole universe together. 
In Christ, the laws of our universe continue to be dependable. In Christ, gravity continues to cause the fiery red leaves on our front yard tree to flutter to the ground. In Christ, we know that the snow will start in December, and the flowers will begin to bud in April, and the heat will start to intensify in June, and the leaves will start to change in October. In Christ, we know that when we take a breath, air will fill and expand our lungs. In Christ, there's molecular stability. There's seasonal predictability. There's gravitational regularity. In Christ, all things hold together. He's got the whole world in his hands. As we think about Christ as sustainer, it's, it's important to note that, that Jesus is both transcendent and imminent. He's transcendent and imminent. Two theological categories for you to brag to your friends about that you know. He's transcendent and imminent. Paul says he's above all things. He's above all things. Christ is divine. He's not created. He's God. He's above all things. As God, he can attend to creation in a way that only God can. He's present to every moment, past, present, and future, as if it's all the present. He's able to be everywhere, all at once, all the time. He's able to act and interject and reorder anywhere at any time, if he so pleases. As the one who created all things, he's above all things. And from his position above, he now sustains that which he lovingly made. He's transcendent. He's above all things. And at the same time, he's imminent. He's transcendent, yes, but he's also imminent. Christ is not just high and mighty, lofty yet aloof. He's imminent. He's intimately involved in that which he made. He's above it, yes, but he's also present to it. He's with it. St. Augustine once wrote that Christ is more intimate to me than I am to myself. This Christ, who is more intimate to us and more intimate to every square inch of creation than we could ever imagine, is the one who in his transcendent power and imminent intimacy holds all things together. He sustains. I'll give Jonathan Edwards, the, the great 18th century pastor and theologian, the last word on, on, on Christ as sustainer. He writes, A lion is admirable for its ferocious strength and imperial appearance, transcendence. A lamb is admirable for its meekness and servant-like provision of wool for our clothing, Imminence. But even more admirable is a lion like lamb and a lamb like lion. What makes Christ glorious is an admirable conjunction of diverse excellencies. Beautiful. Christ is our imminent lamb like and transcendent lion like sustainer. Creator, sustainer, and then thirdly, redeemer. Christ is uh, creator, Christ is sustainer, and then third, Christ our King is redeemer. Take a look at verse 18 with me. He is the head of the body of the church. He is the beginning, the firstborn from the dead, so that he might come to have the first place in everything. He is the beginning, 
the firstborn from the dead. The firstborn from the dead. Jesus Christ lived a perfectly righteous life under the law. He was arrested for blaspheming the name of God, for claiming to be equal with the Father. He was handed over to Roman authorities. He was tried, beaten, flogged, and crucified. By the shedding of his perfect blood on the cross, he became the perfect atoning sacrifice for the sin of the whole world. Laboring, bleeding, struggling on the cross, he finally breathed his last. He was buried in the tomb of a rich guy named Joseph of Arimathea. He was dead in the tomb for three days. And then the unthinkable happened. He rose from the dead. He came up from the grave. He rolled the stone away from the tomb. Jesus Christ is the firstborn of the dead. The firstborn from the dead. Meaning by his resurrection, he shows us that we too will one day be raised with him. And in being raised with him, we will experience our ultimate redemption in him. Jesus Christ is creator. Jesus Christ is sustainer. Jesus Christ is redeemer. And the redemption that Jesus ushers in and establishes is not partial and incomplete. It's holistic and comprehensive. Look at verse 20. Through him, God was pleased to reconcile to himself all things, whether on earth or in heaven, by making peace through the blood of his cross. Jesus reconciles all things to himself through his peacemaking death on the cross. Jesus promises resurrection rebirth to all who believe in his name. Jesus promises to redeem the entirety of the cosmos, all things in heaven and on earth. There's no sin too shameful. There's no past too ugly. There's no secret too disgraceful. There's no wound too deep. There's no pain too chronic. There's no grief too heavy that Jesus can't redeem. Our King, our Almighty Creator, our transcendent and imminent Sustainer is also our gentle and lowly, almighty Redeemer. The greater the sin, sickness, and suffering he sees, the greater the wave of compassion, love, and mercy he pours out from his heart. The King we serve is not timid and distant. He's warm and welcoming. The King we serve is not indifferent and aloof. He's interested and intimate. The King we serve is not simply filled with good intentions. His power is unmatched, ultimate, and supreme. The King we serve rules with the tenderest of hearts and the strongest of scepters. The King we serve creates in love, sustains in mercy, and redeems in grace. The king we serve is the visible image of the invisible God, the firstborn of all creation. In him, all things were created in heaven and on earth, things visible and invisible, whether thrones or dominions or rulers or powers, all things were created through him and for him. He himself is before all things, and in him all things hold together. He is the head of the body, the church. He is the beginning, the firstborn from the dead, so that he might come to have the first place in everything. In him, all the fullness of God was pleased to dwell, and through him, God was pleased to reconcile to himself all things, whether things on earth or things in heaven, by making peace through the blood of his cross. What kind of a king do we serve? We serve a creator, a sustainer, a redeemer king. A king who washes our feet and welcomes us home. We serve a king named Jesus. 
In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen.